What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. All right, we are back. We are recording our second episode of the day. It is Saturday, August 27th, a little less than two weeks away from the kickoff of the NFL regular season. We're going to be wrapping up our fantasy roster valuations. We're going to be looking at the rest of the NFC, so the NFC West and the NFC East. And then, just real quick before we get into that, something I'm just going to talk or just mention here real quick, just a couple of wide receivers. That I've just finished up my uh, rankings for the running backs wide receivers, and I just want to go through a couple of the wide receivers that I'm in on versus out on. Just a little bit of a lead way, and um, I'll leave out some of the guys that we're going to talk about coming up, but that's part of the reason is that I'm in on some of the guys we're going to be talking about and then clearly out on some of the guys. So, I mean, based off ADP, I'm in on guys like DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks. I both have them rated significant. Brandon Cooks significantly higher than in ADP. I've got them both at least five slots higher than their ADP. I've got DJ Moore going at wide receiver 11, Brandon Cooks at 20. Uh, Unsurprisingly, I'm higher on Jerry Judy than uh, eight consensus ADP. I've got him at 17. He's going as wide receiver 21. And surprisingly, I'm a lot higher on uh, Drake London and Rashad Bateman than most other people. I have Drake London at wide receiver 19 and Bateman at 18. They're currently going as wide receiver 37 for London and 34 for Bateman. How do you feel about that? Is that low or high for you for those guys? Um London, I'm not sure about, but I think that's very low for Bateman. I, I, I'm more inclined to be on the same page as you there. I, I have Bateman ranked a lot higher. Bateman's borderline top 20, and London's a little further. Yeah, okay. top, top 25, top 24. You know, I am as, as a surefire wide receiver, too. I think you did adjust London because of the injury, too, and all that. But, yeah. And then there's some guys that I'm out on. There's two guys that we'll get to a little bit later on that I'll talk to. But at ADP, I'm out. I'm clearly out on guys like Mike Williams and DK Metcalf. I've got Williams at 28. He's going as wide receiver 17. I got Metcalf at 29. He's going as wide receiver 19. So I'm over 10 spots behind ADP on those guys. I'm on Ross St. Brown again. He's going as wide receiver 24. I'm mean, got a 32. We talked about him last episode. Marquise Brown going as wide receiver 22, which seems really high for me. What do you feel about that, Rich? Is that high, low, just right? I mean, he's going to have the six games without DeAndre Hopkins, but... I think a lot of people are banking on that chemistry with Kyler Murray going back to Oklahoma. He's in a new situation, more pass-friendly offense. I mean, he'd been very, pretty productive in Baltimore. Right? Not, not wide receiver one finishes, but he had been pretty good. They see more pass-heavy offense, no DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks. And, you know, I don't know, I think it's about right. Maybe just a tad too high. I got him right around like 25 or so, maybe uh, 24, 25, 26, right in that area. I got him at 33, so we're covering kind of it's covering all three ends of the spectrum. But you and I are both lower than the ADP, it seems like. And then of course somebody we talked about last episode, Michael Thomas. He's going as wide receiver 28. I got him at wide receiver 36, so I'm out on him as well. Those guys are all just going a lot higher than that. But it was just something I was noticing because there was some guys. I was surprised there was a few guys that like I lined up exactly with what their ADP. Is which I was surprised at because I thought that I was a little higher on them. Michael Pittman is an example of that. That was just something wrapped up my rankings, was comparing it to what the ADP is out there. And it's one of the things to try to understand too. Look at your rankings, look at the you know the ADP of where players are going and kind of figure like 
you know, I've got, like I said, Rashad Bateman and Drake London at 18 and 19. That doesn't mean I should take them in the third round where right. the wide receiver 18 and 19 go. If they're going 34 and 37, you wait and you grab what you view as steals later on in the draft. So a little bit of draft strategy, a little bit of insight into what my rankings are, and that's it. I think we can hop into the uh, rest of the roster bales now. Okay, start with the uh, NFC West. We'll kick it off with the San Francisco 49ers. Trade Lance. Yeah, quarterback, how you feeling about Lance? This is a tough one because yeah. the upside is yeah. is unbelievable. Are you drafting him? I think the question is, are you drafting him being QB1 or QB2 on your team? Is he a bank? Because it's a redraft. Is he a bank guy or is he so, a starter? I would definitely mind? draft him to be a QB2. I think yeah. that's the goal, but I think at this point he's being drafted as a QB1. Right. So it's like you're kind of if if you're drafting him, you're rocking with him as your QB one because you have to. Right. Yeah. But yeah. The, the upside is immense. Like you get the rushing ability, and he's got the cannon arm, and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. Like if right. if he hits, you're looking at a guy with top five QB potential. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, for me, I'm not uh, buying him above his. Uh, I'm not reaching for him ever. Uh, I would maybe. For me, my strategy would not be to go with Trey Lance. I'm putting him probably about like a three. Um, but I can see why if you're drafting him, you're starting him. Um, he'd be a four in my opinion, I guess. But yeah, I think I'm inclined to give him a four. I got trust in, in Shanahan and his abilities to you know game plan and, and cook up a, a nice system for Lance to run. I mean, you saw right. what he was able to do with RG3 back in the day. Right. He and does RG3 have a year. He wasn't able to stay to healthy, learn. but you saw that, yeah. that that massive fantasy season that, that RG3 had. And yeah. it's I think it's really hard so for me to judge uh, incoming you, quarterbacks. I'm just not good at it. So. I mean, ultimately, what do you really lose out too much? I mean, you can find a serviceable right. quarterback again on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. I mean... You might lose out on, you know, we're talking, where's he, what's his ADP? He is going as quarterback 13, and, and he is going in uh, as pick 110. I think that's fine. So right. he's going so in the 11th round. You're losing out on some, you know, some wide receivers later rounds. Yeah. Some guys that dart through yeah. running backs. Like, how much do you really lose by taking a chance? Right. If I would put him as a four. If you miss that run on quarterbacks, like say you miss the run where you're comfortable taking guys and then you're down to like the, you know, like depending on how you have your rankings, if you're looking, you know, the guys ahead of him, Joe Barrow, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, if you're saying, well, Barrow and Stafford don't run and Russell Wilson might not run this year, I don't know what to get. I, and you want to leave with Trey Lance as your start. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Trey Lance started three games last year. He had 41 rushing yards, 89 rushing yards, and 31 rushing yards. So he's getting you five, six points a game just off the yards that he's getting from running in this offense. And that's kind of what happened with Jalen Hurts, where his floor and actually his ceiling is very high to start off the season because he was just running all the time. And he had this high, you know, he had a high floor because he's going to get you, you know, 75 you rushing yards a game. You can bank it every week. Yes. You're looking like. 60 yards guaranteed and possibly a touchdown rushing. Yeah. So, okay. And then like you said, at, at ADP where he's going, if you're drafting him that late, like, again, at that point, if you have to play the waiver wire game with other quarterbacks, it's fine. But I got, I think he, the upside there is worth taking him at in the point, 11th yeah. round. Yeah, so I'm, I'm comfortable with a four because I do think he has the high potential, and I think the running keeps him at a solid floor. So. Which might be surprising for people, but this is from a pure fantasy standpoint. I'm not saying, like, from – a quarterback standpoint that he might be in the same tier as other quarterbacks we've given a four or right. five. Exactly. No, this is just strictly Cla- classic running, ru- rushing quarterback. Are we 
putting any stock in Jimmy Garoppolo as the backup there in the 49ers? I, I don't know about backup. I, I saw somebody draft him yesterday in the league I was in and um, with the hopes that he would be traded. He went, like, the last pick. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you want to stash him and hope that he gets traded to no, like Seattle or something I like don't. that? Even if he does, what's spot? the opportunity? You're, like, you're, redraft rosters are so slim. Yeah. So, so I agree. There's, there's, there's better things that you can yeah, grab on exactly. the wires and hold. In leagues where you get four points for passing touchdown last year, Jimmy Garoppolo had two games with 20 or more points as the starter for the 49ers. Is he really going to a team that's better set up for him to be more productive than he was with the 49ers? Probably not. Yeah. So he's a one. He's not worth it. Yep. I agree. All right. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, running back for the 49ers. I really struggled with ranking this guy. Yeah, I don't know. I like the talent. I question the durability. That's the thing. He's banged up again, too. So, I mean, we're... We've already known we weren't going to see him for the rest of the preseason, but he had like four or five different injuries last year as, you know, when he took over as the primary running back and a bunch of different things. Then he's injured again this season. A couple of them were small tissues. I mean, I've got him right, like this whole little section right here of, uh, you know, Elijah Mitchell, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley. Like, I've got a little group of running backs like there. I just, I don't They all have question marks. They're all they have the durability issues and what's the volume going to be. And I just, I don't know how great I feel about any of them. I don't so, feel good about any of those guys. But at the same time, all those guys I just listed are board, are, that, that was my, Mitchell is my RB19 and then the, to 23. So, like, they're borderline. RB2s, because that's how the RB position kind of works out. So, I mean... Yeah. Mm, I mean, I think you're probably using you're, Elijah Mitchell as a, a weekly starter. Probably. Say. It's I a mean, 4 or 3. It's yeah. definitely not a 5 for me, but no, it's between it's a, four a 4 or 3. Four. I mean, if you take them, you're probably starting them, unless, you know, you're one of those lucky lucky players that you got them as a third or yeah, fourth running back. As a box option, yeah. yeah. Elijah Mitchell is going as RB24. In yeah, the you're, you're starting him, man. You're, you're probably starting him. And he's right after currently Antonio Gibson and before Devin Singletary. This work gets interesting because, like, no one knows what to make of the 49ers' like, backup situation ever. Yeah. I think all of them are stash-worthy at this point if you want to take your dart throw and, and think you could predict who's going to be. The backup. Yeah, I think it's really yeah. tough. So I don't want it any looks, part of it. It looks like Jeff Wilson has the early edge. Uh, indications out of training camp and reports are that he's the favorite to be the number two. But, you know, they say that Jordan Mason has looked good. Trey Sermon's looked okay. Even Jermichael <laughs> Hasty's looked pretty good. So I, who knows how that's going to shake out. We all know Shanahan's fickle. If I'm saying the RB2 on the – now you have to spread it out a bunch of, a bunch of guys, it's just a one for me because I don't want to have to – play who's going to be RB2. Like, and it's You're talking like, your last roster spot, your last ro- spot on your bench. You're like, yeah, eh, let's take a shot. I'll pick one of these dudes up, hold them for a week and see. Maybe Elijah Mitchell doesn't come back from his injury he's currently banged right. up with. Maybe this dude gets a start. Who knows? Yeah, somewhere between the two. And, and then you cut him after that. Right, yeah. 1.5? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah no, you we'll, guys call it, we'll call him ones, call him twos. What do you think, right? You're the... Uh, yeah, you, you got me to the section, right? Two or a one. I'm going to go with a one. I don't think that you need to roster the backup running back for the 49ers. I think that they should be available for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that brings us down to Debo Samuel, then. You're starting him. Five. Yeah. yeah. You, you grab Debo. You're playing him every week. Brandon Ayuk. I'm, I'm, I'm calling him a three. 
For um, now, I think he's a three with the potential to be a weekly starter. Yeah. All reports are him and Lance have great chemistry. Yeah, he, he's a great a guy if I'm looking at my flex uh, spot. I'm okay with playing Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Reports have been glowing. Like they, Everybody's hyping up Brandon Ayuk out of 49ers. Yeah, I mean, they say him and Lance are, are on the same page. They figured mm-hmm. it out. they got a great connection. Mm-hmm. Going as wide receiver 42 on ESPN. Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he beats that ADP, man. Me too. I think he finishes a lot better than wide receiver 42. I think he can finish in the top 30. I, I would tend to agree. I think I could see him right around 30. But yeah. 42, I think you're, you're returning a lot of value if you're able to get him at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, you were able to get a lot more before that. So um, That brings us over to uh, Jawan Jennings. Is that, am I saying that correctly? Jawan, I don't know how much you really want any of the third or the yeah. third pass catching wide yeah, receiver. Put the one down for that. Put the one. You don't want, yeah. Even the second pass. Ca- it, it's also keep in mind, it's not less the player, too, sometimes. Also, like the 49ers haven't. I mean, Debo Samuel broke out real well last year, but prior to that, what were him, him and whoever else on that offense was doing? Right. So, like, they went from having no to having a stud one. I don't know how necess- how useful a second one all of a sudden becomes, right. too, especially with a rookie quarterback. You already have Kittle and uh, Ayuk taking targets. Yeah, we're about to get into next. Yeah. You got Kittle, too. Are we even doing Danny Gray, or are we skipping that? We're just giving them a okay. We're giving them both the other wide receivers a one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Kittle. I mean, if you have him, you're playing him. The yeah, yeah, he's position is so shallow that... Four or five. He's a five. You're yeah, playing he's a five, him. yeah. I just look at it like yeah. this, bro. How many times yeah. are you own George Kittle? How many times are you benching him for another tight end option? Right. You're not. He's still going as tight end him. four, yeah. so... You're, you're taking him. You're playing him. Yeah. I hope you're not taking him and then play, grabbing a backup tight end. Right. It's not nice. You're going to draft uh, George Kittle and then play Irv Smith right. over yeah. in week one? Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let's not get back into Irv Smith, who we already have done. on my dynasty tight end. Man. All right. Let's, uh, let's hop over to the uh, Cardinals then um, and pop in with uh, see how Kyler Murray's doing on your guys' rankings here. I mean, he's a five for me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I got him as a five. I don't know. I don't know why you take him if you're not starting him or like. Yeah. Yeah, if you're paying up for that ADP, you're playing yeah, on. He's a five. All right, Colt McCoy. You better. Oh, you, <laughs> oh, better yeah, sorry. you better trade him before the new Call of Duty comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Very fair. Uh, uh, Colt McCoy's a one. No <laughs> interest in Colt McCoy. James Conner. I think he's James, a four. He's a four, yeah. He kind of falls in that same category as Leonard Fournette, where I just about, don't feel great about him, but he's going to receive the volume while he's out there. Worried about his uh, season-long value there. Yeah, I don't know if he'll hold up for the whole season. So, what about the backup then? So, Darrell Williams is there, although reports are that it seems like Eno Benjamin might, might have secured the secondary role. Do you have any interest in any of that? I mean, that's a slight flyer. On Eno Benjamin because maybe he takes that Chase Edmonds role a little bit, catches the passes. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe I'm just kind of reaching here. You know, I mean, he could be possibly the last guy on my roster, but I don't. Outside of that, particularly I, feel I'm great not about really him. interested in Darrell Williams to be yeah, honest. I'm not interested in Darrell Williams either. I'm putting him as a one, and maybe Eno Benjamin as a two. But like, that's a generous two to give to Eno Benjamin, in my opinion. Yeah, one. One. What about you, Rye? How do you feel about these I'm two guys? I'm good with that. I was going to say, he'd be like the latest One. of late round yeah. flyers. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot of other contested backfields I'd rather be involved in. Um, all right. Hopkins? Yeah. Four? Can you call him a lineup lock because yeah, he's, he's missing six yeah. weeks? It's hard to say. Is, he's, uh, is he a lineup lock when he comes back? 
he's not a lineup lock. I think he's a weekly starter, though, to be a four when he comes back. Uh, I, well, okay, hold on. Once he comes back, yeah, he could be a lineup lock, I think. Um, you got to be hoping that he's starting every week. Um, right? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. I think if, if you have him. Yeah, but I don't know. It depends on where. What's his ADP? DeAndre Hopkins. Where's he going? I mean, if he slipped because of the suspension, then maybe right. you have other options and he becomes just like a flex play for you. Exactly. Like you start him on positive matchups and, you know, you reap the rewards. Yep. He's going as wide receiver 40. Hoping he slips a little further than that, even because I don't want to be spending. What's the overall on wide receiver forty? Huh? What's like the overall number? They have that. Like uh, he's wide receiver forty, but what's the, the total? He's going pick one hundred and three. Oh, it's a, just before Trey Lance. Remember we said Lance was like one ten. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I'm it's staying away from. I'm staying away from this situation. I don't like situation where veterans are suspended and they have to come back. Um, he's. Like He's older. Yeah. I think he'll be. He's one of those guys that I think is hitting thirty this season. Uh, he missed several games last year due to a number of ish, of injuries. I believe they were all different forms of soft tissue injuries to his legs. And if he wasn't getting touchdowns last season, he wouldn't have had any fantasy production. And touchdowns are kind of fluky. And I know it seems weird to say that, but a lot of his points came from touchdowns. I mean, he had eight touchdowns. He played in ten games. So, if you want to count on him scoring a touchdown per game, pretty much, in the Cardinals' offense, which is, you know, somewhat realistic for you. He he didn't crack 100 yards in any game that he played. No, he didn't. And when he came back from the injury, he looked really ineffective. And I mean, it's a 30-year-old wide receiver who's dealt with soft tissue injuries last year. At two different points last year. Is he a flex? Is he a flex? He might be a flex. Because like you you draft him as a guy. Do you know you have to hold him on your bank for six weeks? Yeah. I and think then he's a three. Yeah. Yeah, I'm putting him, a, okay. putting him down as three. Uh, that brings us to a guy below him uh, in Marquise Brown. Uh, which I know Ryan mentioned earlier. He's probably a three as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a I think he's, he's a, a four. Yeah, he could be a four. I think he's a great. Uh, I had Marquise. I got him in my redraft as my wide receiver three. I feel super good about that. Like, um, but also I think I got him. It, that's a little bit lucky that I got him at that spot. I don't know what his ADP, ADP was. ADP is twenty two. Twenty two. Like that's too high for me. For yeah, me. that's exactly. So if I get him at three, that feels good. If he's a wide receiver two on my team, I feel less good about it. Um, but if he, if I have him, I'm starting him. I think he uh, could fall a serious victim to that late season collapse the Cardinals always have, especially if DeAndre Hopkins comes back right. into his volume and then yeah. the offense collapses at the same time. But that, that's what makes him a four, I think, at the draft time. Uh, you know, you draft him, you start him. He's the he's the wide receiver one there right now. You know. And then you deal with that later. Hopefully, you can maybe do some waiver wire maneuvering and be ready for him to to take a hit in some of his production by the set, you know about halfway through the fantasy season, right? Did we agree on a number? I think I'm willing to give him a four. I think I'm willing to give him a four. What do you I mean, think? Look, this is a dude who cracked a thousand in Baltimore, uh, Baltimore last year to run heavy offense. He yeah, has to transition it to Arizona. You mentioned that we we got DeAndre Hopkins as a three. I mean. Are we counting on Zach Ertz to lead them in receiving? Like someone's got to do yeah, it. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Yeah, and like, Zer- Ertz is older. Ertz, he's, he AJ can't, Green, yeah. like Rondell Moore. 
I, so again, part, part of my concern is with the way that the Cardinals play this offense, he's not filling DeAndre Hopkins' role while DeAndre Hopkins is out. He's mm-hmm. filling whatever role he's going to have when, like, I mean, like, from a lineup standpoint, they again, they do DeAndre Hopkins is on the left, you have slot receiver, and then whoever is the third wide receiver is on the right. That's how it happens. Like, Marquise Brown is not going to be lining up on the left in the time that DeAndre Hopkins is out. He's going to be lining up either in the slot or over on the right where he normally would be in somebody else's. So it's just like, I don't know if the plays are necessarily going to be designed focused just to get it to Marquise Brown. Or like, are you going to have two separate offenses, one to force the ball to Marquise Brown during the first six games of the season when Hopkins is suspended and then flip back over to the old offense? Or, you know what I mean? I feel like this is one of those offenses where those targets are kind of locked for that role. And I just, I don't know... And Marquise Brown, again, last year is the wide receiver one for the Ravens, who obviously don't throw as much. He had the 1,000-yard season and all that. Again, I'm just I'm more down on him, especially if you look at the guys going around him. There is ADP. I mean, we've got Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, then Marquise Brown, Cortland Sutton, Amon Ross St. Brown, Darnell Mooney. Like, he's a little start of, like, a trend there where, like, I don't really care for those guys. I'd rather grab some of the wide receivers before them or maybe think, a little bit after. I think I think the guys that you uh, – over the guys you listed, I'd rather have him than most of those guys. And at least the the couple at the yeah. end. I'd take him yeah. over Mooney and St. Brown. Yeah. I'm not sure about Sutton. I would, too, but I also have those guys significantly lower. And then yeah. remember, you've got Gabe Davis and Chris Godwin right after that. And I, I mean, just I, keep coming to, like, the Cardinals, they, they're going to have a pretty good offense. And, I mean, if we're all down on Hopkins, like, unless we're all locking in, you know, A.J. Green and these other, I just, someone's got to catch these passes. Unless it's going to be a completely run-heavy offense, I just don't see it. Well, someone, I... I I got Marquise Brown as a four, man. I don't know. Yeah, I got him as a four. Miguel's what you got him as. I had him as a three, but we'll give him a four if you want. Yeah. Lock him in at that four spot. Uh, which brings us actually down to the guys that are below him, uh, A.K. Green. I'm not interested. Yeah, not interested I'm not, either. I'm really not. Rondell Moore, I mean, if you want to stash him and hope, yeah. then okay. I can understand the argument for it. But yeah. Yep, I think Rondell Moore could maybe be a two, but if he's a one, I'm <laughs> Not arguing that either. I mean, I'm sorry to go back to it, but real quick. So last year with the Ravens, Marquise Brown was getting 9.5 targets per game. Last year, Christian Kirk on the Cardinals got 6 targets per game. A.J. Green got 5.5. They were the top two leading receivers as far as targets went. When DeAndre Hopkins was in the game, he was getting 6.5. So... Right, it's spread it's, out. It's a high-scoring it's, offense, but it's spread out. So, like, none of them was getting nine targets per game. And if there was, it would have been DeAndre. So that's just what I mean. It could be that situation where... I got you. We just, you know, A.J. Green's now over 30. DeAndre Hopkins is approaching 30. Zach Ertz is over 30. Like, how these dudes are going to start slowing down. Also, a question, too, then, like, how do you work Rondell Moore and Marquise Brown onto the field at the same time? Uh, so they, pay, they traded up, and they paid the man a contract for a reason. Yeah, so Rondell Moore then is like stocks down, he's useless. Like, what's up with he's this? A gadget so, player. Right, he's so a, no he's value. a two or a one, two of best. Well, players. yeah, I wasn't even meant for this. I was just kind of in general like thought on Rondell Moore because Whoop. you know, a few months ago he was a young, promising player on a high flying offense, and now he's, he's a, third, he's fourth on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. So, all, the all right, what are we giving Rondell Moore though? though he's gonna one then. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. And so is AJ Green. Yep. 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 Zach Ertz, three, four. I'm cool with a four. Yeah, I'm cool with I a mean, four I as just, well. He's going, at, what, like tight end eight or nine? Somewhere around there. Let me double check. Just If there's a guy that 
going around that can beat that. Nine. It's him. I, I, I could honestly really see him as a top six tight end. He's going as tight end nine. He's going pick 95, so 10th round. Yep. That's about right. First. We call the four? Yep. All right. Trey McBride, I mean. Has We're not doing the second yeah. tight ends yeah. anymore. Rookie tight end. We're just going to move on to the Rams. Over to the Rams. With a Matt Stafford five, I, I guess. I, I feel like he's a five. You pick him, he, he should probably be your starter. Yeah, he's in that group of guys. The elbow concerns he's, me. Yeah. He's not, again, if I'm looking in that group, just the other guys around there, the Joe Burrow, Russell Wilson, I'd rather grab them than have Matthew uh, Stafford. Yeah. But I don't think you. I don't think it's a problem if you leave with Matthew Stafford as your he, starter. Yeah, he could just be a rare case of a four. Call him a four or a five? What are we calling him? That's your call. I was perfectly okay with a five, but five's fine with me. So you're not got a soft spot for Stafford. We'll give him a five. Yeah. Uh, Cam Akers. I've again. I felt like he was very similar to Elijah Mitchell, who we gave a four to. I think Cam Akers is a three. Um, but I think I'm okay with being a four. I lean three too. But if we want to give him a four, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Like it's just the same reasoning. I just I don't. I'm not sold on him. Come back yeah. fully from the Achilles. I'm not, I'm not just picking him seen it. to be a, but we've already, a retail. So I guess my argument is I've already kind of seen Cam Akers come back from the injury. Not like I was blown away with this before, but I've seen that he is at least healthy and he's made it through the games, and I'm not concerned about that. Right. Elijah Moore didn't make it through the preseason. It's again. not necessarily the health, per se, of him making it through. It's more of does he still have his explosiveness? Does he still have his burst? Does he still able to get through the holes quick? Does he still have that power? Like I just don't, I just don't know. Like yeah. you see it from guys in the past that's happened to the burst, the explosion, the acceleration. That stuff gets zapped on the Achilles injury. Uh, I, I feel like if he's in my flex spot, I feel okay with that. If he's in my RB two spot, I get worried. Yes, um, that's where I think, and I think that's the difference between a three and a four right there. Um, a four is basically you know you start him and you feel good about him being your RB two, but I don't. I feel good about him being my flex player. Cam Akers is going as RB sixteen. He's picked thirty seven on That's average. It's too high. It's too high for me. Yeah, don't watch. Like if you give me the what's Daryl Henderson's ADP? I also don't want him. That's not that I necessarily yeah. want him. RB forty nine. If you're giving me the choice to invest in the Rams backfield, yeah. I'm taking Henderson at forty nine versus yeah. Cam Akers at sixteen. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a no-brainer to me in that situation. Uh, I disagree. I think Cam Akers has way more upside than Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson was performing so bad for them that they decided they needed to trade for Sony Michelle, who doesn't even catch it's, passes. Like I just, I don't. If Daryl Henderson was the guy, they wouldn't have, you know, grabbed Cam Akers and traded for Sony Michelle once Cam Akers went down. And they never really gave Daryl Henderson the job. I just think Cam Akers on a high-scoring offense and team that will be positioned to score. Is a better and again, just when we give it to a when we go a four to Elijah Mitchell for a 49ers offense with a coach who has a history of randomly rotating his backs in and out, we're going to say I feel confident starting Elijah Mitchell on a weekly basis. And your argument for me is Terrell Henderson, who it seems like all by all purposes they've been trying to replace. I feel like we either need to course correct on Elijah Mitchell, or we need to give a four to Cam Akers. Like I'm not willing to bet against history. History tells me Cam Akers probably isn't going to be good. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm okay with it. It really does. 
pull up the history of Achilles injuries. Yeah, no, dudes you're good. don't come back. We're kind of we're kind of getting we're, we're, we've made our points. We're, we're hitting circles, so we got to give them a rating at this point. Okay. I mean, you Four. both gave them a three. Yeah, so, so. yeah, well, me and Rick gave them a three. We'll give them a three. All right, that brings us down there, Daryl Anderson. Two. I don't know. <laughs> He's a one. <laughs> I don't want him starting on my bench this year. Late, I mean, as as like a potential dude. Yeah, he'd the be the last guy on the bench. Yeah, like you're not taking him to start anywhere. Yeah. Like you're taking him as a, as a bench guy who might get the job. Like, what about you, right? What do you got? About? I'm giving him a one. Yeah, I'm He's a going one as, well. as pick one sixty five. So that's not even in sixty in a sixteen team league. That's not even. That's crazy. That would be, to be honest. Kyra Williams. <laughs> Uh, no, I have no interest in the yeah. other running backs yeah. there. Cooper Cup, five. 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 I like fives like that where you can just block it. Robinson, you're probably playing him as a four, right? I think he's a four. Okay. What do you think, Ryan? I'd be more comfortable if he was my flex player than my second wide receiver. I, I think but he's not going. Well. He's not going as such. Yeah, he's being yeah. drafted as a... And like I think I have him ranked higher or like ranked more like that, but like again I think he's at that cutoff where like I don't feel as great about those wide receivers if they're my second wide receiver as I did the handful before him. Van Jefferson not giving him a one. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not worth his stash and redraft. Neither is the whoever might be the wide receiver before. Big Ben. Ben. Little Ben. How do you feel about Higby, man? The tight end position there. Not good. I don't want him to be my own tight end. I've, we've been telling ourselves that the Rams tight end is going to catch on for a while now. and <laughs> You know, remember, this is, I feel like this is the Irv Smith conversation, yeah. except instead of being about Irv Smith, it's about the Rams tight end. We're selling ourselves wolf tickets, but there ain't no wolf. And Tyler Higby is currently tight end 16. So, what do you guys think? I mean, you can wait because I seriously doubt half your league is going to grab a backup tight end. So, what are we calling a one? I'm calling a one. one. All right, fair enough. Cool. Man, the Rams are going to be a lower number than we thought, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's because. Their star power is concentrated yeah. in two, three players. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Seahawks. Wow. We want to talk about low. Uh, Geno Smith, I believe, has been named the starter for the yep. Seahawks. Oh, my gosh, I forgot about that. that was, was that this yeah, morning? the quarterbacks are won. You don't really want them. Even in a super flex league, I don't think you nope. really want them. Yeah, you don't. Coyle's still lamenting, though, the news that he was announced a starter. And you're just like, one, one, we're done, one. <laughs> yeah, now, for sure, for sure. Was that announced this morning? Or yesterday? Last night or this yeah, morning? Yeah, after their game. Two, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good for him, man. Yeah. 2022 and Geno Smith is starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who could have pictured? No but it does thought it. it does get a lot more interesting when you get to the running backs here. So Rashad Penny, currently dealing with COVID, uh, is going to be the starter for the season, it seems like, because Kenneth Walker is hurt. So I, I don't know how this backfield is going to play it. So let's start with this. They're definitely not fives because they're not set it in and forget it. Are we calling them weekly starters at the moment? Are I, you? I love Rashad Penny at a four right here. I really do. I think he's a great four to begin your season, and then you start. You you need to monitor that situation and be ready to pick somebody else up off the waivers or have somebody ready to fire because he's probably gonna get hurt. Um, if that if the injury concerns and the Seattle in general concerns bring him down to a three, I think that's totally so reasonable. What's his well. ADP? Um, Rashad Penny, it's pretty far down, I think. Because I think it's pretty low. If I can get him as a flex, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh huh. If he's my RB two, I'm worried. Yeah. 
He's going as RB35, pick 114, so the 11th round. I think, I, I think I'm willing to get in on, at that price. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a three. I'm not. Three is Yeah, I'm not expecting to start him every week. I, I think he's a four, but I, I think three is very reasonable. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm expecting to start him I think he's starting week. while he's healthy. Or at I, least I feel good about starting him while he's healthy based on the run that he had at the end of the last year. Right, but again, I look at the question as, when I finish my draft, am I comfortable with this guy being my starter? And it's not, while the starter, while he's healthy, am I comfortable going into the season with this guy being my starter? That's yeah. the question that I'm answering when I'm looking at these things. So I take mm-hmm. things like health and that into consideration. For That's, sure. Penny has not been healthy in his history. I'd be happy with getting six games out of him. <laughs> Kenneth? Uh, yeah, so that's where we're different. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm only getting six games out of my RB2, and then I've messed up my draft horrendously. Kenneth Walker, do we have any interest in stashing Kenneth Walker? Yeah, I, I do. Too. I'm very interested yeah. in stashing Kenneth Walker. You, you just too. mentioned it, too. Penny's going to get hurt. Yep. <laughs> Who's next in line? Yeah. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth the Walker. rookie, oh. second-round draft capital. There's a retired player on Looks this list, Very guys. explosive. Yeah. You know, let's... Hey, and let's, I've let's just heard talk that work. like DJ Dallas and this other Travis Homer or something might be the passing down backs, and so like even when one of them becomes the full, like they still might not get the passing down work, right. and so that's even just true. Kind of it. Just it's a muddy backfield. He's a good enough rusher to have have value. Yeah, at, at, definitely out of two. Yeah. Um, so we do have Chris Carson on this uh, list, yeah. but we need to retired. replace him. Yeah, he retired. So who? Even RB three is DJ Dallas or somebody That's like a that. One. I mean, it's probably a one. Yeah. Travis Homer. Um, yeah, shout out to Chris Carson. He was really good for a while. Yeah, seventh round pick, man. Respect. Had a nice career before yeah. the unfortunate neck injury, man. Yeah. But that brings us down to uh, Metcalf at uh, wide receiver one for uh, the made, Seahawks. We may differ a bit here. Mm-hmm. Cause I know Rise down on him. Right. You see the numbers he put up with Geno last year, and Geno was just named the starter. Yeah. I, th- I think he's a four. He's a three. Mm-hmm. He's a three I, I think I'm okay with him being uh, my wide receiver two or three. I think I tend to agree with Rye, though, even though mm-hmm. I am a little bit higher on him than he is. I yeah. will have him ranked higher than, than Rye does. But we didn't slap I think a three you on him. want him as your flex this year mm-hmm. to start. Yeah. You know I hope he, he rises up yeah. to a, a weekly starter type guy. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Starts the season as a three with uh, some upside. I think that a uh, banged-up Russell Wilson is a better quarterback than Geno Smith or Drew Locke. I agree, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to get Geno Smith, um, so he, he played, what, four or five games? Tyler Lockett had one game where he had he had 12 targets and, like, 10 catches or something like that. And outside of that, he got, like, a couple targets and a couple catches. Yeah, a couple deep bombs. DK Metcalf was getting peppered with, with targets and High catches. High volume. So, I mean, there's right. a, a potential there that he that the volume supersedes the situation. Right. Six, yeah, I mean, and it's, it, you know, guys that are good receive, wide receivers are able to produce a lot of times. Yeah. Even if their quarterback situation is terrible. Yeah, I mean, okay. it's, it's not good for their upside, but they're still usually able to put some numbers up. Yeah, but I, I tend to agree that I'd like DK Metcalf as a flex more so okay. than, than your wide receiver. Two. Slap him in there the as a three. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to clarify that. Uh, uh, we're going to hit with the stats. Yeah, you're going to hit with the stats here. Sorry. Uh, Russell Wilson missed weeks six, seven, and eight. So here is the targets for Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf in those two weeks. Week one. DK Metcalf, 7. Tyler Lockett, 7. Week t- uh, week 7, I'm sorry, so the last one was week 6. Second week that Russell Wilson is out, DK Metcalf, 5. Tyler Lockett, 3. Last week that Russell Wilson is out, DK Metcalf, 6. Tyler Lockett, 13. So we come out with 23 to 
18 in favor of Tyler Lockett well, as far as as far as volume goes. Well, the reason that one okay. game, the outlier game, okay. were the double digits. The rest they were seven more for yeah. DK. Okay, seven and three versus seven and five. You're talking about two more targets in the one. And you, again, you're saying, well, the one game where DK or Tyler Lockett got all of those, okay, but then you're also picking the game where you know Metcalf got five and Lockett only got three. My point is their targets weren't that drastically different. The difference was DK Metcalf caught two touchdowns in that time frame as well to go along with what it, which is why his fantasy production stayed up there. Right. I'm not counting on Geno Smith to throw a touchdown to DK Metcalf every game, and DK Metcalf finished with 17 touchdowns at the end of the season. Yeah. That's my issue. That's kind of why I haven't been. But we have him on three, so we're wasting, We're talking in circles here anyway. Sorry. Well, that, yeah, that does bring us down to Lockett, and I don't know how you guys feel about him. Uh, less probably. confident about him because the, the difference is the variance, like you said, in, in, in his receptions, essentially. It's not even the targets. Is that his targets are more downfield, so he's less likely to catch as many of them. That's the difference. Boomer bust, flex play at best for me. Yeah, so a three or a two? Yeah, I give him a three. It's a nervous three, though. Yeah, I feel like he's more of a two, but we'll, we'll slap a three on him. I don't have any interest in the other pass catchers nope. on the team. One. Not even the one. tight end. Yeah. I'm not very interested in fan. Fan as a one as well. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I'm fine with that. It's hard because you can look and say that he had some relevance with Drew Locke and, you know, Denver and all that, but they also didn't have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there, so. That was uh, brutal for the Seahawks offense there. That's not a good finish. Yeah. It's a low number. It's a low number. I don't have the numbers from the AFC, um, but I think this may be her lowest. <laughs> yeah, it might be the lowest. Um, that does bring us over to... Uh, one of our favorite teams in the NFL, um, for sure, and uh, the NFC East as a whole, yeah, which is... We uh started on the NFC you, East. You, we ready for this? Oh, yeah, we're ready for this, but uh, real quickly, we forgot. It moved us along a little too quickly. Let's just get a recap of the point totals from the AFC West, or NFC West. Messing right. up. So, for the 49ers, we have 27. For the Cardinals, we have 26. For the Rams, we have 24. And the Seahawks, we have 18. That's that's a uh, a weak number there. Yeah, I think we had one other team that was 18. It might have been the Texans, if I'm recalling correctly. Maybe not. But, uh, yeah, definitely not good. I'm actually surprised that the uh, 49ers were as high as they were. Cause... Right. I'm sorry, go. What were you going to say? No, I just said right. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't expecting them to be so high up. We've got them on par, you know, with the uh, with the Bills and the Broncos and the Chargers, which is just, I mean, a little surprising. But uh, I think it's because we're a little higher on Trey Lance, in all honesty. And then, you know, we gave Elijah Mitchell a four. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all as, as far as that goes. Uh, I think that, yeah, wow, the Rams, surprisingly, you said we had 24 for the Rams? Yeah, 24. Yeah. I mean, outside of Stafford, Cup, and Robinson, it was threes and ones. Yeah, it's slim pickings there. So, I mean, that just goes to show you, sometimes that power is just concentrated, but sometimes those offenses are better when you know that all that is concentrated in a few players and you only have to worry about grabbing them as opposed to being, you know, threes and fours all over the place and who do I grab, who's going to be the four, who's going to be the three this week. All right, but let's move on then to the last division in the NFC. That is, as we said before, the NFC East, where our home team Eagles are. But we're going to start off with the Washington Commanders. So, how are we feeling about Commander Carson this year at the quarterback position? A lot of crickets coming into this one. Yeah, Uh, I don't know how high I am on this Commander's offense. I mean, realistically, there might be one piece I'm I'm willing to invest in. Carson is a one, dude. 
Yeah, I don't think I'm... Yeah. Uh, see, like, I, I think he might be worth a little something in a Superflex League. Yeah, in a Superflex League, he's maybe a two. Maybe he's a three. A three in a he's super a Superflex. Yeah, in Superflex, he's, he's a three. A three. He's going I mean, as... If, if we're giving dudes like Justin Fields a three, I mean, I think we got to yeah. give Carson yeah, Wentz a three. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm okay with giving him a three. Justin Fields has the rushing upside. That's the difference I mean, that's between true. the two. That's uh, true. Carson Wentz is going as quarterback 23 on ESPN, being taken with pick 167, so undrafted in most leagues, okay. ESPN-wise. So Baker has he's a, a one or a two. Winston has a three. Oh, we're giving him... Oh, the debate is a three. I was debating I just I think in a super flex league, he'd be... He's a, a lower yeah. end QB two. Okay. I, I just uh, if you want to give him a two, we'll give him a two. All right. I'm not gonna die on the hill of Carson Wentz. All right. Okay, let's give him a two though. We'll give him a one. <laughs> give him a two. We'll lock him in at a two. We'll give him a two. A generous I'm not, two. I'm not playing the flag on the Carson Wentz hill. No. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me like let me backtrack. Let me well, think about yeah, what well, I was doing yeah, for yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. What happened on this show that Rich is now you know playing yeah, the flag on Carson Wentz? I didn't realize what I was doing at first. All right, my bad. <laughs> Like there's fantasy, there's reality, and you know there's it's all kind of blurring yeah, together. Yeah, the, the lines are world. the lines are crossing. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this is not just, this is not a fantasy novel, Rich. You know. I mean, if we just real quick want to look at his numbers from Mal, last year. Mal, no, Mal, move Mal, on. We'll just move, move on. on. Okay. Move on. Who, who's next? Uh, <laughs> we're not doing anything with Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Antonio Gibson, who we talked about before. It now seems to be the primary kick returner for the Washington <laughs> Commanders. So, how confident are we starting in, uh, Antonio Gibson as a running back when he's the primary kick returner? Not very. I mean, I think he's a two. Are you hoping to get him as a maybe a flex? I don't know. I mean, like, because here's the thing is that I think he's going to go way before. I think he'll get picked. Somebody will pick him like above, like at or above his ADP, and I will not want anything just, to do with that. I it's, only want him as a follower. It's tough. Since he came in the league in 2020, his rookie season, he finished as RB13 in points per game. Mm-hmm. Last year in 2021, he was RB10 in points per game. Yeah. And it's like now this dude might lose his job to rookie Brian Edwards, and now Bri- Antonio Gibson's Bri- a kick return. Brian Edwards. I mean, <clears throat> man. It's been a long day. So Brian Robinson. And now Antonio Gibson's the kick returner and possibly the second back. It's just cool. it's, it's a confusing situation, a very confusing situation. So last year in the games that Antonio Gibson played, I think he missed one game. So he played seven games where he got in total 20 or more touches. So rushing attempts plus target or right. plus uh, receptions. receptions right. And in those games, he typically got 20 or more points. He did have one where he got 25 touches, only got 11.8 points, 22 touches, 18.5 points. But all the other ones, he got about 21, 22 points. That was getting 20-plus touches a game, so he's getting less than a point per touch as your starting RB. In games where he got under 20 touches, he had nine of them last year. In two of them, he got you double-digit fantasy points. He got 17.4 and 15.5. So he needs 20 touches a game in order to get you 15 or more points, essentially. Or to get you double-digit points, and he's he's not going to get it. So... You can't reliably start him on a week-to-week basis, so it's a, it's a challenge between a three and a two. I think he'll be drafted to be in that three range, but I'd want him as a two. I'd want to draft and, and see what happens when what's going on in this backfield. Realistically, it's not. That's not how a draft's going to unfold. Yeah, this, is, this is a wild situation, man. He's a two. I'm okay with a two. All right, let's give him a two. All right. 
J.D. McKissick. He has some value in PPR leagues due to his pass catching, but he doesn't really have a whole lot of upside because he's not going to inherit any extra rushing attempts like those are all going to go to Brian Robinson. So do you want to grab J.D. McKissick to be in the flex for you? Not really. I mean, in your deeper leagues, he's a solid flex play. But you're not outside of it. In your normal redraft, I don't know. I was going to say, that's the thing where if you're not drafting him to be in the flex for you, I mean, you're not stashing him hoping for upside. There's no, no upside be behind what. Maybe a week or two, you get him as a fill in, a bi week fill in, or injury yeah. fill in for a week. So or he's two. a one. Then. He's a one. Yeah. Okay. Brian Roberts Waver. is an interesting. He's got to be a two. I would give Robinson a two. Yep. He's a potential stash, especially with how late he's going in drafts. Feels like a better two than Antonio Gibson, Gibson as well. Yeah. He's not returning kicks. Mm-hmm. Right. Brings us to wide receiver. We got Terry McLaurin. I think I'm feeling a four on Terry. I can get down with a four. A four sounds good to I me. Mean, we're down on Wentz, but Wentz is the best quarterback McLaurin's played with. Yep. And McLaurin is yep. produced with bad quarterbacks. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, Who do we want to call wide receiver two in this offense? Dobson. Okay. How do we feel about the number two wide receiver for Carson Wentz? I think if you wanted to stash them, maybe. Yeah. But anything outside of that, you're just, you know. Don't feel great about the number yeah. two so, being a flex. Yeah, we'll give it a two and we'll give it to Jahan Dotson. But like I'll say this, like if the wide receiver two on the team is anybody other than a Jahan Dotson, I'm not stashing them because I just think Jahan Dotson might have the upside, whereas I'm right. I'm not buying yeah. Cam Sims I mean, or Curtis Samuel upside. Like if, I, yeah, if you think about it and you think about what is a good season for a rookie and you want around like, and you want, say he has a good season, like 700 yards, like that's solid as a guy that you're getting as a toe. Yep, for sure. Like that, yeah. that would be really good also. Okay. And then so we can give the other guys a one. We give Dotson the two. The other wide receivers yep. a one. Yep. Any interest in Logan Thomas who hasn't been able to stay healthy? No. I'm no. Not a one. In the situation. Okay. okay. Commanders look like they could be competing for uh... They might be last. <laughs> yeah. They might be last. All right. I mean, there's only one other team in this division that's going to possibly compete for that crown, but it's not the next team we're talking about, which is the Dallas Cowboys. Quarterback Dak Prescott. Three, I think. Um, um, I think you're probably playing him as a weekly starter at this if you draft him. His ADP is, is, is what, yeah. QB 8 or 9? Uh, somewhere up there. I can double check. He is going as quarterback 9. He's being so drafted. You're, you're starting him. If you draft him, you're starting him. Yeah. yeah. It's fine with me. His rushing was down last year. Maybe it comes back a little further away from the injury, but we'll see. Yeah. His pass catchers situ- his pass catching situation has not gotten better, so Yeah. That's fine. Cooper Rush, no interest. No one. Nope. Ezekiel Elliott at running back. That's interesting. For redraft purposes, I think that if you pick him He's a four. You're picking him as a four. Yes. Yep, you're playing him. Yeah, I have him ranked as RB16, and I feel like that's high, but I can't move him lower. Yeah. Because the running back's behind him, that's the problem. Right. So. Uh, I think it gets interesting here at the RB2 position, though, um, Tony with Pollard. Tony Pollard. There's reports that he might see some work out so of the slot. slot. I yeah. think he's a great candidate for a stash. Um, I don't think you, you graft him to be like, oh, I'm going to play Tony Pollard in my flex, because like, that's like risky. I think that's real risky. But... He could be a great fill-in, bi-week kind of guy. He is a guy I think is like if you have if you have an injury, it's like all right. Well, Pollard's coming in next. He's next man up. I think he's a good stash. I don't want to draft him as a three. I want to draft him as a two. 
Um, you know, he is definitely one of those guys who gets hyped up and then people get excited about him and they think that's their sneaky mm-hmm. guy. Like Pollard's been that guy. So he's not un he's not unknown. He's not like a like I think like, you know, you a guy that you could get around that area might be like might be like Damian Pierce. But you know, would be better. Um, but I don't know. I'm not sure what their ADP is. It, 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 that could be wildly different. I would listen to argument if someone said they wanted him as a flex. Mm-hmm. I would listen to it. I'm not saying I would agree. Entertain it, yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'm inclined. He's one of those guys that I'd be inclined to give a 2.5. Yeah, I have a 2 for him. Uh, what do you have? I, I give him a 2, but I think he's one of the better handcuffs to own. Right, me I think too. he's in the top tier of handcuffs. How about you, right? I was leaning more towards 3 because there was points last year where even when Ezekiel Elliott was healthy, he was still getting touches and getting points and had some standalone value. The problem, it wasn't on a consistent basis, but uh, mainly my main concern is that he was averaging almost a yard more per carry last year than Ezekiel Elliott. He just seemed more explosive. He, let me see if this is... Uh, Zeke played through an injury, correct? Yeah, he was banged up a lot yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, but why... So why would I expect that to change with Zeke getting older? His... Zeke's efficiency has gone down each of the past three years. It's not just like a last year where it's like, oh, last year's efficiency was down because it's like, no, actually his efficiency has gone down for the past three years straight. His yards per carry has gone down. Mm-hmm. His yards per carry definitely beneath Tony Pollard's yards perception beneath Tony Pollard's. There was games where, again, Zeke was getting double-digit t- uh, touches, so was Tony Pollard. If anything happens to Zeke, Tony Pollard... Yeah, because comes to essentially what it could be an RB f- top five role. Yeah. If he has that job unto himself, there's just so much upside there and some possible standalone value. There's also the maybe something drastic doesn't happen to Zeke, but they start they do what Jerry Jones wants to do and they keep running Zeke out there and they realize, hey, we're not winning football games because, like Aaron Rodgers says, we don't have our best eleven out there because we don't want to put Tony Pollard on the field for it. And then it's like. Tony Pollard maybe starts to work in and take over. I don't know. I'm I'm more optimistic about Pollard and more down on Zeke, but I give him a three. I'm cool with it. Yeah, that's fine. I, I think three to. is a very good yeah. good, good spot to put him in. No interest in the running back behind that. We can just move on. Oh yeah, who that is? CD Lamb. CD. If you draft him, he he better be starting every week. <laughs> I think he's a five. Right? I think he's he's got to be a five because of. Purely, I, I don't love it, but... Neither uh, do I. <laughs> I don't love it, At but all. if you pick but, him, you better be starting him every week. Yeah. So he's got to be a five. I'm just not drinking that cool. That's, one of, those things, that's one of those things really, like you said. He's, I have him on my dynasty team, and I'm, I'm the only thing I can do is drink the Kool-Aid. He's one of the guys earlier when so I gave... scared. He's one of the wide receivers I'm out on. He's going as, like, wide receiver eight or something, and I'm just not, like... No, I can't... Yeah, just same finishing, like, 15. <laughs> like, yeah. I have him as wide receiver 13, so yeah, I'm five spots behind him on that. I'd rather take several other guys in between where the... The left the, tackle just got hurt as well. Left like, tackle just got hurt. I mean, and it's just one of those things where... Since Des Bryant was prime Des Bryant, when's the last time we really had this groundbreaking wide receiver one from the Dallas Cowboys? Like, and they, it's not like they haven't been productive. Like, how many times have you heard of Dallas Cowboys number one offense because they're putting up all these yards and all these points? And it's like, that's great. I don't remember the last time it's led to a top five production from a wide receiver in that group. You know what I mean? You brought over Amari Cooper and it didn't work. And then you crowded it by adding Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb to the room. And it's like, well, now... You know, if, if Ezekiel Elliott's inefficient, if your offensive line is weak and we don't need to necessarily stack the box as much more, we're focusing more attention on CeeDee Lamb. Is he really going to have that breakout? Like, I, I don't know. I just, 
I feel like we're assuming that that breakout's going to happen because there's some things there, but we're also ignoring all the possibilities that it won't happen. And I feel like he's being drafted at a ceiling as opposed to some medium. Yeah, I mean, but he's I a agree. five. Yeah, I mean, he's if a five, you're taking yeah. him, if you're playing yeah. him, I agree with what you said. Yep. Uh, so how do we feel about the pass catchers behind that then? Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert. I mean, Gallup's coming back from the ACL, right? I don't. Happened in January, I believe. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure how. I'm not really on board with that. I mean, I'm not drafting him. If you're able to get him off waivers later and you can stash him in an IR spot, then I agree. Okay. Yeah. But like, I mean, Tolbert, I think, is a nice stash for early in the season to see if he breaks out. Um, Rather have him than yeah. yeah I mean, I, if you want to give Gallup a stash too, I'm cool with that. What, what do you think? I'm thinking my my thing would be Tolbert two, Gallup one. That's what I was leaning towards. Okay. okay. That's not how ADP is playing it out, but yeah. that's it's not. No. Tolbert went undrafted last night. In, yeah. In a league I was in, where Michael Gallup was, I, was I, drafted. I, I wouldn't take Tolbert either, but if somebody had. To pick between those two guys. I mean, we could even just give them both ones. Ooh, actually, it's been changed. Uh, they're right next to each other now. Jalen Tolbert is uh, wide receiver 65. Michael Gallus wide receiver 66. Oh, wow. <laughs> they're both going undrafted. To that, that's where the line is, 65 to 66. So that's uh, 2 to 1. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, James Washington got hurt. We have no interest in that because Michael Gallup and Jan Tolbert are better than him, and we weren't very interested in them. Dalton Schultz? Yeah, this, I think he's a four. Yeah. I think he's a four. So I mean, if you want to give him a five, I would yeah. be okay with that, too, yeah. because who else are you playing over him at yeah, tight end? I don't think you're, you're picking you're not. Players. You're not playing many not, people over him. Yeah, what are you going to do? Pick two tight ends? Kelsey, Andrews, yeah. Pitts. So that's Kittle. So, but that's kind of where it comes in. Do you feel okay with giving Hawkinson, him the same? Maybe. Like, do you feel the same level of confidence in Dalton Schultz that you do in the guys you just mentioned, Kelsey, Pitts? Uh, the thing is, no, is but I'm a lot more confident in Dalton Schultz than I am in you know the guys who are being drafted behind him. I mean, Dalton Schultz is what tight end six being drafted ADP. I mean, the guys behind him, I'm a lot more comfortable with Schultz than I am. Yeah, I think there's a tear break guys. right there, like right after that. So Dalton Easy. Schultz is going six. Then it's T.J. Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Mike Gusecki, Pat Frymuth. I know you're Alan Gusecki. Yep. I mean the only other ones I'm comfortable with would be Ertz and uh, Hawkinson. You're not interested in Goddard or Frymuth? Not too much. I mean I think there's a lot of mouse to feed there. We'll get to Philadelphia. We will get to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mouse to feed. It's gonna be weird when it's all fives. <laughs> I don't have the tight end stats. No I can't have as detailed conversation um, as I'd like. But okay, so so what are we giving him then? I think he's a five um, because I think if, in my opinion, if you take Dalton Schultz at his ADP, and then you like, are you gonna really be looking around for another tight end? Like I think it's like if he's healthy, he's playing every game. Like what do you? Who else? So you get him as your first tight end, and you pick a second tight end. Who's that going to be? Like, unless you go super tight end heavy, which I don't. Like, if you're going to do that, you might as well pick Kelsey first. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm cool with a four or five. I lean more five, but if you guys want to go four, we'll, we'll cool. give him a five. I, I lean five. I'd rather give him a four, but we'll give him a five. He gets the five. Uh, all right. That is it for the Cowboys. On to the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts. Five. I think he's a five. Draft him, you starting him. Top 10 QB last year. He is currently going as QB6, being taken in the seventh round. 64th pick overall. Yeah, I'm cool with him as a five. I think he's got legit QB1 upside. Yeah. yeah. 
And this has to do mainly with his rushing, rushing and the floor ability. that it provides. And, I mean, you saw what his floor was last year with the rushing. If he's even, you know, just slightly above serviceable with passing, mm-hmm. we're looking at a dude who's going to take off. Yep. Agreed. Right. Gardner Minshew, no interest in stashing yeah. or doing anything with. Well, thank you. Miles Sanders. Uh, three. Three. I, yeah, I can't three. see him as anything more than a flex. Yeah. It's a, it's a <laughs> I'm slightly optimistic about Miles Sanders. Uh, his main issue is just staying healthy, but. And, and, the and Yeah, and then running the ball. That's get, that's Antonio Gibson's problem, is holding on to the ball, but. Sanders uh, I can double check. He's got a few. I just remember a couple of last year that were just brutal. That just stick out in my mind. So yeah, that's what I think the issue is, though. As bias, a recency bias. So according to mine, he lost one fumble last oh, year. Okay. So that's See, why I, mean, I think it stood out a little bit more because in a crucial time. He lost. Well, how many did he put on the ground? We okay. don't have that. We'll, we'll see. I mean, well, it's not. Because I'm sorry, because that doesn't affect the fantasy stats. So no, yeah. I don't have that <laughs> in the stat yeah. sheet. That's just r- but, real football. It ain't even a big deal. Yeah. So I mean, the problem is he's kind of capped out. He'd have three games with 100-plus rushing yards last year. I just kind of wanted to push back on the notion that, like, it's a that it's a heavier running back by committee than, like, other backfields. Because that's kind of the criticism I hear on it all the time is that it's like, oh, Gainwell is good. You know, like, it's going to be like a 50-50 split between Gainwell and him. Like, it, that's not how it works. And it's like, go back and stop looking at, like, Miles Sanders' individual rushing attempt totals and go and actually compare it to how many other rushing attempts the running backs were getting per game. So, like, to start the season off when they were going, Boston Scott was a healthy scratch, essentially. He wasn't getting anything. Miles Sanders had 15 carries, 13. He had two carries one game. You go, oh, look, see, it's like, that's great. Boston Scott didn't have any, and Kenneth Gainwell had one. They gave three rushing attempts to the running backs in a game. Like, you know, I don't know how you can sit there and say, oh, that's Miles Sanders' fault. It's like, no, that's the Eagles doing... God knows what with their offense right there. So a little bit of optimism with Miles Sanders if he can stay healthy because he should have that role more to himself than I think people think. But at the same time, you, you're not starting him. You're not drafting him and being like, he's my RB2 on a, unless you do like a zero yeah. RB strategy or something like that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm more optimistic on Kenneth Gainwell than Boston Scott as the second running back. Do you agree or disagree with that? Um... It's tough to say. I mean, reports are Gamewell hasn't really impressed too much out of camp. I've seen some kind of things. That, not saying that he was bad by any means, but they just didn't necessarily see what they expected to see. And Boston Scott, I, I mean, he's been he's been productive in his time with the Eagles. It's not that he's any, a world beater or, like, some super running back, but when he gets in there, he's effective. He runs hard. He finds the holes. He's, I think he's so, a better I mean, real-life player I, than I th- don't player. think he's going to go quietly. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not saying that, like, either, either one of these running backs I'd be willing to grab as a handcuff. I think they're both just kind of out there in waiver wires, and you, if something happens to Sanders, you're hoping to play the game and yeah. pick one of them up. I think, I think the so there it is. Goes. We just said that they, we'd be picking them up the waiver yeah. wires. Yeah. So they're I don't one, know if I want to stash either one of them, yeah, to be honest. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is another guy that earlier when I was talking about my guys in and out on that made the list, but he made the wrong side of that list for what you would expect. I am out on A.J. Brown this year. I'm not drafting A.J. Brown. He's going too high for me. He is currently going as... Let me get my notes. I apologize. A.J. Brown is currently going as wide receiver 13. I'm as wide receiver 21 in my rankings. I think that's low, but um, I think he's a 4 in my opinion. I got him as a 4, too. Yeah. Okay. 
So we'll go with a four. Again, he's a borderline four for me. I don't know how comfortable I actually am on a week-to-week basis having him out there. And it has less to do with A.J. Brown and more to do with the Eagles offense. And just again, only one time last year did any Eagles player receive 10 or more targets. It happened once last year through a 17-game schedule. So I just don't know that he'll necessarily get fed the volume. And the way the Eagles do their offense, they don't necessarily feed one person the ball. They tend to spread it around a lot. It could, like I've said before in all their guys, it'll lead to seven targets for this guy, six for this guy, and five for that guy on a given week. And just whether, you know, it's A.J. Brown with seven this week or Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard, it's going to depend on who they're playing and who's got a better matchup. Yep. Yep. I think he's a four. All right. Devontae Smith, then. Obviously, if I'm, that's how I feel about A.J. Brown. He should be the number one. I'm lower on Devontae Smith. Yeah, I get Devontae as a flex. Sounds like anything more than a flex. Uh, I think a three is, is probably realistically is where he is. I got a three. Yeah. yeah. Three. yeah. He's, it's fine. It's fine. Quez Watkins and Zach Pascal, we can both just give ones to and move on. <laughs> Whoa, what are you hitting? Quez one, right? Giving Quez one, yeah. Darn. They added A.J. Brown. He was the two last year. He's the three yeah. now. Uh, Dallas Goddard. I think he's a four. I think he's a four as well. I kind of got that from our conversation about Dalton Schultz and the cutoff line. <laughs> so Cool. Well, we blazed through the birds right there. We didn't even have to argue too much. Nope. And then we move on to the only team that could possibly have the lower score than 18. And that is the Giants. I'm sorry. One's we, did the all we did the Commanders earlier. Let me just wrap this up real quick. One's down the board except for Saquon. All right, Dude, so. it's almost. It almost <laughs> is. I'm, it's not. I'm just taking a very quick glance at uh-huh. it, and I'm like, I don't is. know how that's not what, the, what, what it is. Daniel Jones is a one. Okay. I mean, yeah. let's, keep, let's keep it a bean. Let's like keep it a bean. Saquon is a weekly starter, and everything else is a one. Daniel Jones is a one. If you want to stash Kadarius Tony. Right. Saquon is a one. I got Saquon as a four. I have Saquon I, as a four. But I mean, Ryan, three you're hoping. I, I know yeah. that we don't think he's going to be healthy. I get that. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're taking him, you're hoping for the best, and you're starting him. Every I week think until he, he gets yeah, hurt, or he doesn't. Yeah, it's not even just health. He wasn't very effective last year either. He's another one of those guys. Yeah. Where his I'm not saying I want him in ADP, but people are taking him, and he's they're going to start him. I know ADP ruins yeah. so yeah. many things. He's in a void for me, but like I, I'm avoiding other players more than him. I'm okay with taking him. I think he can have a decent year. Um, I think he's a four. I think it, I'm okay with him if I'm going RB zero, taking him if I can. Yeah, <laughs> like, I so don't, Saquon I don't Barkley is going as running back 15, okay, being taken not. with the 29th overall pick. So he's being taken in the third round. Yeah. Way too expensive. So yeah. he's a four because you, that's how he's being drafted. Yeah. Yep. I am not drafting him. I won't either. <laughs> no, yeah. He wants to fall to the fifth, and like, now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Should we just give him a three? <laughs> Let's give him a three. So we, we agreed one for Jones and Tyrell, too? Yeah. Right. And then for what? What were we giving this guy? Four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Matt Breida, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gary Brightwell. Is who is Gary Brightwell? I don't, I don't even know, know who that is. I don't even know if he's what? still on the team. He's listed this... on the depth. Who is this guy, man? I don't know. Who... Right. A one. How about that? He's, yeah, he's a, a one. one. Stop. He's a one. Before we move on, I'm Googling him. <laughs> Gary right. Brightwell. Well, I don't know if you need to. You can probably do both because I don't know how much thought we need to spend on this. So, yeah. Giants wide receivers. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony. Dude, Kenny Galladay is a one for me. Oh man, yeah, who? What's the pecking order here, Rich? Let's start with that. Sterling Shepard has been the most consistent producer from them, but at that same point, he's a lower end ten point Timmy. He's like a, you know, like a like an 
I don't. I couldn't think of a. You know, he's like a nine point Nancy or something. I don't know. But <laughs> seven point Shepard. He's not getting seven point Sterling. Yeah. Seven, seven seven point Sterling. There you go. So are we? Comp- is seven point Sterling the number one? Is it Kadarius Tony? Is it you know Kenny Galladay? Are we paying any attention to Wandell Robinson? The only thing that I think here is you stash Tony and then Tony, you just get out on everything else. If you want to stash Wandell Robinson too, I mean, sure. I mean, it's not the greatest of strategies or whatever. But I, don't think, I will yeah. give one Giants wide receiver a two and stash them, and yeah. the rest can all get well, ones. I think, all right, Tony it is. Yeah, Tony it is. Seen, he, he's yeah. done it before. We've Dude, seen you could be able to get Wandell off your waivers after the, whoever drafted him like goes and picks somebody else up off of their waivers <laughs> and drops him. And so, um, Gary Brightwell has never had more than 300, oh, he had 525 rushing yards in 2018 in college at Arizona. Dude, Ricky Seals. Congratulations. Ricky Seals-Jones, tight end one for the Giants at the moment, no, I think, you. unless something has I changed. Mean, we we have, should probably double check that. We Is have he, Daniel Jones. As, can you just confirm for me if Ricky Seals-Jones... Is still the starting tight end. We might want to readdress Daniel Jones. I don't think Daniel Jones, fantasy wise, I don't think is as bad as we made him out to be with the I one right is. away. I think he is. If you have to start Daniel Jones, or he's your QB two, I feel Daniel Bellinger is currently listed as the one. Who is the other guy we were even just talking about? Is he still even? He's on not the team? even listed. Okay, great. So. Uh, rookie tight end Daniel Bellinger. What are we giving him? He's a rookie tight end. <laughs> White and Silver one. Okay. Oh yeah, Bellinger. Yeah, he's getting a one. Doesn't change much. Okay, so hang on. But we're looking up Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Okay, yeah. So in four point leagues, Daniel Jones started off a little strong. Twenty one points, 29, 16, 26. Then at three bad weeks, four, two, fourteen, sixteen, eight point. I mean. He He's not well. worth a stash. If you play, if you're playing two quarterbacks, and Daniel Jones should not be your second quarterback. I think there's better there's better guys in that twelve to twenty four range than Daniel Jones. He's like a bottom third QB. I mean, if we're giving Marcus Mariota one, Daniel Jones is getting a one. Yeah. Hmm. I just I, that just seems fair to me. It I is. don't know. James, uh, uh, Geno Smith got a one. He seems on par with Daniel Jones. Yeah. So, again, this is why I'm trying to – this is why I go to the numbers. I'm distinguishing between your opinion about the player and their the fantasy production. Yeah. So, if you can show me four games where they produced, you know, 20-plus points in the past couple seasons, that's where I'll be like, oh, yeah, he's on the same. But, I mean, this guy started off with a 29 and a 25-point game last season. So, yeah, broken clock's right twice a day. I mean, he had two great games. What do you do the rest of the season? Uh, 16 and a half, 26.7. <laughs> so, I mean, he had four good games to he start off. Two games over 25, three games over 20. I mean, okay. All right. You want to give him a three, we'll give it a three. I wasn't giving him a three. I was, I was, I mean, I was saying. Let's just leave but one for the right. comedic effect of how low the score is about yeah, to be. Giants will have the worst score by yeah. far. Leave it. All right. We don't even actually have to help him. We don't have to. I just didn't want to throw yeah. all that extra hate. Jeez. Like, we're not even right. Let's recap the NFC East, what yeah. we got here. We have the Commanders coming in at 18. The Cowboys with a surprisingly high number of 28. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of guys that could be solid. The Eagles, 25. And the Giants coming in with our lowest score of 16. Yeah, we saw that coming. 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was only going to bump Jones up to a two, so they were still going to be the lowest team. 17. 17. Either way, it's a pitiful score. Yeah, it's bad. It's funny. Yeah, it's an offense I do not want any pieces it's of. It's very funny. Except for maybe Saquon. Even still, I don't necessarily want a piece of that yeah. unless it's at price at good cost. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's right. we got through the whole list. Yeah. We went through a ton of players. <laughs> Way too many players. So There's a lot of players. So with that being said, now that everything is all said and done, we are still at the spot where we have the Bengals as the most fantasy relevant or dominant offense, however you want to Makes phrase sense. that. Get yourself a nice little stack up in there. Get yourself a Joe Barrow T. Higgins stack. Joe Barrow Jamar Chase. Joe Barrow Jamar Chase. That might be tough because of how, I mean, I think the Higgins stack is a little bit more realistic. Uh, you could actually get that. Do you guys avoid stacking players in redraft leagues? No. Uh, usually, if, if it happens, it's coincidental for me. Okay. Um, it's not that I like target it, but like if I get a wide receiver that I like and I'm looking for a quarterback later, I may give a slight edge to that that guy's quarterback. Okay, because that's what I was saying too. I was like, I don't like it's not. I don't target stacks, but based off what I was hearing from other analysts on like Major National when they were doing their things, they like specifically avoid stacking stacks, players yeah. on the same team in redraft leagues. With like thought being like, you know, they both can't be productive in the same week or whatever. And I'm just like, well, I don't. Oh, you mean like running back, yeah, wide receiver? Yeah, I don't like. Yeah. Ha- I like. Oh, I, okay. I do. I, th- avoid I thought those. you meant like quarterback, wide receiver stacks. No, I do avoid having too many players on the same team. Uh, yeah, I try to avoid that. Actually, yeah. I don't want to run it back in a wide receiver room yeah. from the same squad. If it happens, yeah. and it happens. they're both good. It happens, but like, it's yeah, not it, something I want. It's not something of. I want. Yeah, yeah. No. definitely looking to avoid see. it. I see. I don't. I'm not. I don't look to avoid it or anything. Like I, again, if I'm. Yeah. I'm not going to adjust my strategy and my rankings because the top running back I have there all of a sudden is on the same team as the wide receiver I took and be like, you know, uh, like, oh, I'm not going to take T. Higgins here in the third because I took Joe Mixon in the second. And, you know, I can't – Joe Mixon and T. Higgins couldn't possibly be successful together in a week. And it's like, I, you know, I highly doubt that's true because if I go back and look and compare their weeks together, I could probably find plenty of weeks where Joe, Higg- Joe Mixon and T. Higgins both went off. And so, like, right. I just don't – yeah, you know I, don't want, I, mean? I don't want uh, something like uh, Chase and T. Higgins at the same time. But yeah, that, be... uh, that I think that's probably one of the better scenarios of all of them. But, yeah. yeah. Imagine a team would borrow a quarterback with Chase and Higgins. I mean, that would be a stack. Yeah, that would be a crazy stack. But it would, if, if they have a bad week, you're losing by a lot. But they shouldn't have too many bad weeks. That's what I'm right? saying, though. When you invest in a high-powered offense like that, and it's like, well, how many bad weeks do you expect this team to yeah, have? More where often than not, they're lighting it up. Yeah. So. And then you get mixed up doing <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, that kind of wraps everything up as far as the fantasy roster valuations. Any final thoughts? Any things about the rankings, ADPs? Any, like, just general draft strategies? You know, everybody's probably doing their drafts coming up soon, so when this episode's out, that's what they'll be doing. Any advice to people going into the draft? I know we talked about earlier the example I had with Drake London and Rashad Bateman, Uh, where I got them ranked inside the top 20, but that doesn't mean you draft them as if they are a top 20 wide receiver, because that's how you find value, by taking guys like that who you value personally a lot more later on. I think uh, my my strategy this year was uh, I broke people into tiers. And where I saw tier breaks happening, I was like, well, I need to get a guy here before it Very falls. Yep. Then I was, I was, I was tier breaking. Um, I think that like, once you get down to tier three of wide receivers, there's a ton of guys in there, so don't 
you know, get your RBs when you can, like your can, you know, your upside guys, um, because that starts to thin out a lot more. The RB upside guys thins out a lot. Um, so you know, get your. I think you got to really pay attention to where people are. Like you know, if you're running out of time to get somebody, you know, and you see there's a huge tear break happening, get that guy. Yeah. My uh, my advice would be don't panic and be prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, do some mock drafts and understand. Yeah, you may have targeted player A, B, and C, and you know that's why you need the mock draft. A, B, and C might go in your draft, and you need you need Plan D or Plan mm-hmm. E, and like that's why you can't panic. You need to be prepared and understand that most of the time you're not going to get the guy you want. Right. A yeah. lot of times he's going to go. Yeah. And it's how well can we pivot and find the next guy? Right. So that's that's the strip. Don't panic. Keep grinding. Yep. Stay on it. Right. Game. And last minute. Kind of just going along with you said, where like don't panic. Stick to your general strategy to the you know the best that you can. Obviously, you want to be flexible with the board, but like encompassing what you said too, Mike, where you have the the tiers, and if you kind of see that run in the tier happening, either you either need you need to be paying attention. This is what I'm gonna say. Pay attention during out your entire draft. Don't just, you know, make your pick and then stop paying attention. See what other people are doing and look and see, is there somebody else there that seems to be really tuned into things and is picking up players that might have, you know, gone around or two later? Is there, like, you see somebody like, in example, your league who took Damian Pierce in the seventh round. Somebody who's been keeping a real an ear real close to, like, the preseason and offseason hype and all that, whereas other people... Someone took Tim Patrick in the same league. It's like, understand your league mates, and you can understand more by paying attention to them, and it'll help you with your strategy, where if you can see the run starting to happen, instead of it hitting the clock and you realizing, like, oh, God, all four of the guys I wanted are gone, and now I have to, you know, completely change my strategy to whatever it is, kind of look and see the picks and how they're falling and what the other guys have picked and realize, like, hey, those guys are probably going to be gone by the time it gets to me and already be pivoting before you're actually on the clock and right. have to make that decision, which yeah. will add some extra panic to you when you actually see that clock and then the red flashes and you hear, hurry up, make your pick. Yeah. So <laughs> you can turn the sound thing. effects off. I um, hate that thing. What is it called? Yeah, and to go with that, like that's like why the tears are nice because like you have, like you had to. It's hard because it grabs you along, but you should really try to pay attention to what other people are picking because like, like you say, you have those people that like aren't paying attention. They make really bad picks. It's like okay, cool. They like look like three guys just got picked in wide receivers that were, you know. Good last year, and it's like you know they're gonna be trash this year, so you have more time to pick a wide receiver. Like you can, you can get a different position right now. And one other thing I was gonna say that I know it's gonna sound kind of lame or boring or stupid, or whatever, but try to do four or five mock drafts before you do your real draft. Go on ESPN, go to their mock draft lobby, and try some. See how things are actually playing out. Because what you have to understand when you're looking at ADP and all, we're talking about it too. That is all ESPN leagues. That is whether you are a 16 league or a 16 team league. That's how that ADP is falling. And the way you draft in an 8 team league is greatly different from the way you draft in a 12 team league. Even though there's only four extra teams, there's much less depth because of those four extra teams. So do some mock drafts and see how the draft is actually going to unfold versus what the ADP is saying. Because ADP is saying that Damian Pierce is getting taken with pick 130, and then you do a mock draft and Damian Pierce is going in round 7, 8, and 9, so he's getting taken between pick 80 and 110. He's going 30 spots higher than what the ADP is saying. So that's something you'll get from doing a mock draft that you won't get in. Like You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to stay there for all 16 rounds, but... 
you benefit more if you stay if everyone stays for the later rounds. But do the first couple, and also check try different strategies when you're doing the mock draft. See like. Do I want, like, how will a zero running back strategy work out for me? If I go quarterback early in the third or fourth round, how does the rest of my team play out? Is it really as bad as people say it is, or can I make this work? Are there values that I can find doing it this way? So just do different things in your mock drafts. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. All right, so that's going to be it for us today. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Oddballs. You can also follow us, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcast. Not MySpace, though. Not MySpace, because I don't think MySpace does podcasts. But I don't think we're on Tumblr either. We're not on Tumblr. That's unfortunate. We'll have to get on that. I'm not 100% we're not on Tumblr. I can double check. But yeah. until next time. Peace out. Later, guys. Later.